0: Greetings and welcome to What's Wrong with Wolfie. My name is Jason.
1: And I'm Rich. And I'm Chris.
0: And we've reached the video games of 1998. The world of video games in 1998 was an incredible time. We saw a mite of critically, critically acclaimed games release, including Spyro the Dragon, Zelda Ocarina of Time, Metal Gear Solid, Pokemon Yellow, uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Castlevania, Sympathy of the Night, Half-Life and Signs of the Dreamcast starting to show with Sonic mm. Adventure 2 being released in Japan. When you include our picks, 1080 Snowboarding, Resident Evil 2 and Grim Fandango, you can see how much gaming was evolving in the late 90s. And before we jump into our picks, why don't we have a little chat about that, guys, and you know how gaming was changing at this time period. Like, we s- were seeing... You know, we're going from like, I don't know, Yoshi's Island on the SNES to to Resident Evil 2 in in just a matter of a couple of years. And like the gaming, this is probably like the start of like the gaming world becoming that little bit more adult, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely with ever since like the advent of like the PS1, I think it just, it gave it gave gaming like a whole new feel and vibe and it felt more like you felt more movie like not in terms of like realism and visuals but yeah themes and yeah, that's that's funny enough
1: in, in my in my notes here is just like also the the addition of spoken word into a game <laughs> whereas before we just had voices was a wasn't a new thing in 98 but it was kind of new enough <laughs> To make yeah. you fully immersive rather than reading subtitles or or just not reading any at all with no dialogue in the games. Just having like scene settings and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Just, the storytelling became so much more immersive it because was, of that I think. Yeah, it
0: was really like starting to, they were really starting to aim to for video games to be more movie-like, weren't they, mm. than what we'd seen in the past with video games and Obviously, in the intro there, I mentioned like Metal Gear Solid, which is the prime example of a video game trying to be a movie and and tell this extravagant story, which was something you know we we'd never really seen before in a video game, and it opened our eyes to what what you could do in a video game and the stories that you could tell. Yeah, and and it's only mm-hmm. ever evolved from that point to where we are today. Where, I mean. I know I've experienced some of the most uh, powerful and emotional stories through video game.
2: Yep, yep, completely agree. Um, yeah. I mean, the particular series for me is definitely the Yakuza series that has put me into actual, like, month-long depression because of <laughs> something that happens to some of the characters I love. It's like... Yeah, that's what games are now. It's it has been for the longest time, but we're not just looking at sprites and primitive sounds and colors and power-ups. It, it is genuine storytelling on a like you know prestige TV mm. movie level. It's yeah, very lucky to have that. I think
0: yeah. I mm. mean, and obviously here in nineteen ninety have still got you know. I mean, when you look at twenty twenty two eyes, and you look back, you know, it's still quite primitive three D graphics, mm. and. You know, even like the the spoken dialogue, it, the sound bites are still a little bit off. You know, they they still don't quite sit in yeah. the game completely. But you know, if we didn't have this, in, if these games hadn't come out in this year, and you know, in even like Resident Evil Two, one of our picks as well, you know, what what a story that that told, and we'd never yet yeah, again we'd never really seen zombies being. Yeah. Well, not properly. You know, I guess when I look back and you think about Doom and Wolfenstein and all those kind of violentish games. Zombies uh, Ate My Neighbors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we've seen them in the previous We've seen like developers try to do more adult games, but never had the technology to really fulfill their ideas and yeah. um, thoughts. And it was, I mean- and I think it was this year that they, that it, it kind of started. Started filling the potential,
2: yeah. Because I think with like the popularity of things like Resident Evil, obviously knock on effect, you got like your Silent Hills. You just kind of snowballed from there. Um, I still remember playing the first Resi for the first time. Obviously, I know we're going back a couple of years, mm-hmm. but I was already a zombie fan at this point. You no, know, watching George Romero movies, mm-hmm. and I still remember that first cinematic in Resident Evil when you come up on the zombie that's eating. Um, we always forget the guy now. Is it Brad or whatever? Whoever the first guy is, he's been eaten by the zombie, <laughs> and the zombie kind of turns around and gets up. Yeah. And that feeling of actual just pure actual dread, but in a game, not the scene of a movie, and knowing that you basically were in control of the fate of that character mm-hmm. as you were like backing away, and that the camera angle changed, and the zombie came into the shot, just was like this isn't a video game anymore, and it felt uncomfortable to play. Yeah. I almost wanted to switch off because it just it triggered my anxiety at that. You know, we're still young, we're still getting used to those kind of experiences. I think in games, and yeah it proper made me just want to pop the disc, get, put it back on the shelf. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 it's
0: yeah so amazing. pivotal point in in video game. and then I guess the only thing that really took us out of these worlds that they were trying to put us in was <laughs> loading time, so... Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know. we got Dreamcast, just like, <laughs> taking me out of the experience now. Yeah I, know, like, right? yeah, I I was a PC gamer at this point as well, so it was just God. a standard, just like, Ugh. this yeah. cannot be read. Oh, fuck <laughs> off.
2: <laughs> I was about to forget what game it is. I'm sure there was a... I'm sure there was like a Dreamcast game. It was like a survival horror. I don't know if it was something like... Um, d2 or something can't remember but anytime there was like a jump scare anything would jump out the game would just kind of start to load it in. So literally right as you had a jump scare, the game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was, like, was completely, I, I appreciate
1: it. Thank you very much. you prone me I for this jump that. scare. Like. Yeah, when I was playing you know, Tomb Raider and stuff, uh, you know you're preaching, approaching the end of the level when you hear the, yeah. the drive read more data. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. you're just like, what's going to happen here? Is this the boss? Is this some... Like... <laughs> it could
2: be incredibly reassuring but also fill you with immense amounts of dread. Like, oh great.
1: Now frustration. what? Or okay, well, my case okay, yeah. so when you hear the fans kick in <laughs> <laughs> like shit so it had to go down
0: yeah fucking uh, Awesome. okay well let's get into our picks for 1998 and i'm going to kick off the proceedings with my pick and for for my video game of 1998 it had to be resident evil 2
2: What's going on? I arrived in town, and the whole place went Great. insane! The
1: radio's out!
2: You're a cop, right?
1: Yeah. First day on the job. Great, huh? Name's Leon Kennedy. Nice to meet you. Mine's Claire. Claire Redfield. I came to find my brother, Chris. Glove box? Sure. There's a gun inside. You better take it with you. Ah! No! Look out! no. You okay? Still
2: in one piece. I'll meet you there. Okay.
0: So, as I've mentioned before, I was late to the PlayStation 1 as I chose the Saturn over that. So when I finally did, I made sure to pick up Resident Evil 2 with it. Based off the high price I had heard of the game, I was intrigued to experience the survival horror And I was surprised with myself. As I've also mentioned on the podcast previously, I never really... Went out to seek horror. Never was one for that kind of thing back then. Um, but based on everything, I you know, the high praise and everything that the game got, I, I was intrigued enough to, to, to give it a go. And um, as soon as I was started playing, I was in. I was in. I couldn't stop. Um, you know, I, I loved the option to choose between characters and learn in the game. I had different stories of both. Was it was really incredible to me. Um, I, I never really. Experienced that before, and obviously, I chose Leon to start, and it was just, just an experience that I never really forgot. Um, to experience this like dark and mucked-up world, but n- not only was it my first experience of survival horror, but I think it must have been one-off, if not my first experience of like true, real zombies in a game, and that on itself fascinated me to the point that. Now I I love that kind of apocalyptic kind of zombie world you know like the worlds that The Walking Dead mm. built and all that that kind of thing I, I've when I've watched other films that are kind of apocalyptic that they don't have the zombies they're, they're still I still find them good things to watch but the, the 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 secret ingredient for me is the zombies and then it just takes it up to to the next level <laughs> and then when you when you add in the the exploration of the police station and that was just great. I mean, that, I just love that kind of game when you're you're exploring a building or, or or a close environment, you know, and something that's kind of real that you don't really necessarily have an opportunity to explore in real life. You know, where where in, norm, in normal life are you going to get to explore a police station? You're not, are you? Yeah. Um, so that that made it even more fascinating to me to play the game. And uh, even the sewers at the end of the game, um, I quite enjoyed exploring all that and trying to solve the puzzles. Um, the the plot of both characters were really good and tight and well written. And yes, I even liked Mister X and the tank controls. It yeah. was all it was all still an incredible <laughs> package to me. And uh, like we said, you know, the the gaming world would never be the same again. Just a just an incredible world, and like hearing that clip back just a minute ago, just kind of emphasised what we said as well at the beginning of the episode with like the 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 voice acting. It really yeah. stood out that this was kind of like the, the 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 one of the first points of of video games where they were putting in proper voice acting, and you can hear how 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 little wooden it is.
2: Yeah, yeah, it still feels cheesy, but you actually put it up against. Resident Evil from like two years prior, it's it is night and day. The mm. Resident Evil is just like absurd. <laughs> yeah, I think this is Chris's blood. It's like what? <laughs> uh, how how do you know? <laughs> it's like, it's like, and it's just yeah, it's still cheesy. But hearing that clip back as well, it's I was, there was nothing where I was like, oh god, oh god, uh, yeah, burying yeah. my head in my hands like how <laughs> just OTT It is and yeah, it's. Definitely, things evolved around this time. Yeah,
0: but um, you know, do you, have you like? I, I believe you've played the remake of Resident Evil Two, haven't you, Rich?
2: Yeah, completed. It's the first and well, actually, yeah, one of two Resident Evil games I've actually played and completed. Um, I did play the original first. Mm-hmm. I think originally it was probably like a demo on a PlayStation mag. Um and I yeah, I'm not going to make any. not gonna It's no secret i don't like traditional resident evil games because of those tank controls i Mm -hmm. find it unplayable and clumsy sue me Uh, (laughs) but i really did love resident evil 2 at the time as i mentioned earlier i was a big zombie fan already at that point i was on on a hearty diet of george romero and your italian zombie movies um and although the first resident evil had that more kind of cliche kind of haunted house kind of vibe, even though it was zombies. Mm. What I liked about Resident Evil Two was that it had that more contemporary, in the city, yeah, larger scale vibe to it. It felt more grounded instead of just lots of little wooden, you know, hallways and corridors and, Mm. you know, cobwebby, you know, just it felt more haunted house, the first one. This felt more on the street. You're getting the scale of the actual epidemic. And the, the carnage, the burning cars, you know, you've got the zombies just kind of wandering down alleyways and on basketball courts mm. coming in through the the gunshot window. It just felt big and more exciting and more scary. Um, and for that, I loved it. I never played a great deal of it. Again, I've never, it's not just I don't really like the Resident Evil games with the classic controls, but I because of that, I never really get very fine to them. Yeah, I just, I mean, it doesn't gel with me in terms of my ability. Yeah, I just yeah. But, just a bit
0: slow, isn't it? Hard to yeah. react to certain things on the screen, and then you yeah, you, you're fucked I mean, and that's it.
2: Yeah, I mean that's why I absolutely ate up. I won't go on that at the remake because that's not from nineteen ninety eight. But that's why I <laughs> love that over the shoulder third yeah. person. Yeah. It it charts all the events of the original game, but it gives it to me in a in a form that I can consume, but. Mm. And it's not taking anything away from the original. Even though I never really cared for the series, I always been excited just at its existence. I love mm. that it brought like zombie zombies to the mainstream in gaming form. Mm. Um I even remember the the Japanese TV commercial for Resident Evil 2, like the game, um was actually directed by George Romero. Oh, that's such uh, a nice touch. Capcom. Yeah, Capcom actually <laughs> threw some money at him. And uh <laughs> it's crazy. It just like was like literally like Ninety second TV spot, some Japanese actors dressed up in proper, you know, Claire and Leon cosplay. But George Romero was behind the camera, it was just mad. Absolutely mad. And I, I always wish- remember seeing that in the gaming mag, just being excited, thinking, Oh, we're gonna show it on TV over here, but yeah. of course not. But
0: yeah. no, I wish we were a video podcast sometimes just so I could play that one instead. But I just think a, a yeah. jumble of Japanese Japanese talking on the podcast probably <laughs> not gonna really gonna work too well. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. <laughs> but- what about yourself, but, Chris? Have you ever had an experience of a Resident Evil 2 or a Resident Evil game in general?
1: um not really um I just it was one it was one of the things I just wasn't really interested in when I first saw of gaming in the mid late nineties I played them at friends' houses, but I never saw it out myself because I think I was still finding my my horror feet as it were at that point, yeah. And also, I'd, I was more into puzzle-solving games and stuff like that. And There's lots of puzzles in the Chris.
2: <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, they're, they're awful puzzles, the, the,
1: I would say that. The, Sorry, Jason. I'm the the genre of the <laughs> horror game <laughs> wasn't wasn't something I was interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I've played it, obviously, Resident Evil around my friends, but never deliberately went out to buy a copy and play it and see so what it was like. It just wasn't interested in it at the time. Mm. And even now, I I don't think I've played anything remotely like Resident, well, Resident Evil related anyway,
0: mm.
1: ever. Obviously, yeah. played The Last of Us, the first Last of Us, but yeah. that's been about it, really, to be honest, with that kind of survival game. And it's Naughty Dog pulled off a lightning in a bottle moment with The Last of Us. And I really enjoyed it, the whole... Walking around, gathering scraps to build stuff and survive, I loved it. And I've been thinking actually for the past couple of years actually to go out and actually play a Resident Evil Remastered. But as it hasn't. Honestly, yeah, do two. You'll
2: love it, and then three is nice because it is more like a Tomb Raider game. It's just like an action, mm. boom, boom, boom. You just the pace of it's really nice. So if you're not necessarily a survival horror fanatic, it's
1: a nice. I don't, way I don't mind in. them. Yeah. Just, I was just one of those things that are completely off your radar until yeah. a conversation like this comes up, and you think, actually, no, I've not got around to it yet. Play <laughs> early in isolation, Chris. You'll thank me later. Or, yeah. or you'll want to kill me for <laughs> recommending that game to you. I, I, <laughs> so I, I did that Last of Us quite a lot of times, playing to like 2 a.m. on your own, Ugh. headphones in, mm-hmm. lights no. off. I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, you got.
0: Um, yeah, you should definitely go and, and check some of them out. You have got a great oh, catalogue really? of
1: games just sitting there waiting
0: to be played, and mm. um, even like the more modern, up to date, you know, Resident Evil Village and all that. And you I know, need to know, play it was, that still. Yes, um, you know, I, I kind of dipped out the Resident Evil series for five and six, and um, I went back for seven, and that kind of got me back into the franchise. You know, because it's just just on another level. You know, and mm. an eight is uh, is a great game. You know, I really enjoyed that too, but. Um we're not here, we're not unprepared to fast forward unfortunately. So uh <laughs> <laughs> you know but, but you know, like um yeah, going back to Resident Evil Two and and I think uh one of the other things we quite liked about the game was the uh infantry to a certain point. You know, it got a little bit frustrating when you found uh... all these kind of in great objects that you wanted or, or thought would be handy, but you just didn't have the infantry space
2: another thing I don't like about the series (laughs) sorry (laughs) oh no all these green herbs and red herbs and I need room for this key or this (laughs) clip it's like for for fuck's sake I know you find those boxes around you can store stuff which is nice but
0: yeah it's nice to have those but you're like you're constantly going backwards and forwards aren't you and then maybe me and like I'm putting the wrong key in the storage box and then going back and then oh it's a wrong bloody key and then I have to go back and get the right key and (sighs) this, that, and the other, but, you know, and even even the puzzles of the game were quite interested to try and solve, even though, you know, I'm not the greatest puzzle solver, if you like. Um, yeah. When we come I'm to talk same. about Chris's pick, um, that's going to become quite evident, but um, it was still quite fun to find out the ingenious ways in which you had to solve some of the puzzles, you know, you had to find these, like, keys and put them in these statues to open a doorway and this, that and the other.
2: Yeah, it was, I those ones always made me chuckle. It's like, you know, put the green jewel on the tip of the statue's penis mm-hmm. to raise the <laughs> staircase. <laughs> like, okay. Who thought yeah. this through? Like yeah. whoever was the architect of this building is insane. So <laughs> yeah. it's like this will do. It's like why? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, yeah, you know, strange.
0: But, but you know, and anyway. and um I even mentioned him a little bit in my intro and, you know, with that kind of Marchy kind of i don't know what kind of music accompanies Mr X when he's starting to chase you around the police yeah. station but yeah. um it it's fun for a little bit but then after a while it does get quite annoying and frustrating because you just want him to sod off because you just they want to stayed, concent- concentrate yeah, they stay on what true you're to doing in
2: the remake they stay true to that you're a yeah. dickhead seriously it's like <laughs> go away like right. Please go away.
0: Because yeah, hey. especially, like I think, a couple of times, I, I was like close to solving uh, the puzzle or whatever I needed to do, and then like the music started kicking in, and then like, oh crap, he's getting close, and then like i got to have to, I'm going to have to go and run around the police station again just to try and evade him, so I can get back to finishing this. Yeah. And uh, it was just a bit. I guess it it kind of like took you out, didn't it? It kind of just yeah, put, put you off playing the game a little bit, I guess, because. It was taking you away from what you was really trying to trying to trying to do, and um, yeah, agreed. Yeah, still love him though. Great, outfit.
2: especially when you're like, someone like me as well. I've got a terrible sense of direction in games, so if I'm making yeah. progress somewhere, <laughs> then I have to double back and run because he's coming after me, and yes. then have to think, right, where the hell was I? 25 seconds ago <laughs>
0: yeah where the Which hell am was I now I?
2: <laughs> yeah uh-huh. and I can't read this map because I'm an idiot and <laughs> yeah. yeah he's like oh thanks for that mate I was doing alright and
0: yeah <sighs> did you um, did you ever like try to run away from him and then open the door and then walk into like a couple of zombies You're um, like, oh I'm fucking I've got to deal with these guys we've running behind me I think I had that thankfully so that's good oh, okay. so, that's just me then being lazy and not getting rid of them when I probably should have okay well um, yeah that's my that's my pick of uh, 1998 let's move on to um, Chris's which um, video game pick. yeah what was your pick
1: mate and yeah as I was a PC gamer more anything in 98 I think it was a game <laughs> that's actually found a lot more love recently called Grim Fandango I was once a reaper like yourself Manuel But I uncovered a web of corruption in our beloved department of death. Hector, no! looks like I've got one of your boys down here in the morgue.
0: Tell me, Manny, would I have had a chance?
1: (laughs) You gotta watch your step around here, stranger. Rubicabi, the quaint little port town she used to be. I've gotta get back to
0: the city where the action is. Manuel, are you in love with her? Love? Love is for the living, Sal. I'm only
1: after her for one reason. She's my ticket out of here. Now, it's a weird one. I remember getting the demo disc for this in, I think, PC Gamer. And I was just like, what is this? This looks quite cool. Stylized, you know, skeleton people. And this is awesome. And I fired the demo up. And I was just like, this is amazing. The music, the atmosphere, the, the voice acting is just bang on accurately. You're there, and it's just so irreverent. It hurts sometimes. <laughs> um, but it's basically your bog-standard PC adventure game with skeletons. <laughs> and, um, again, like we said earlier, it's extremely cinematic from like its first scene. You're hit with this like film noir vibe. So... <laughs> It's just—it's just making me laugh just talking about. It. And this is where good games and good films and stuff. This is where they give you a long-lasting impression for the rest of your life because it just stays with you. Basically, you play a character called Manny Calavera, uh, who is a Grim Reaper. However, <laughs> he <laughs> uh, works for a Department of Death, selling afterlife travel packages to dead people. Nice. And he wears a cloak and a stil- and stilts <laughs> while selling. Comes back to his office, takes off his stilts and hangs his cloak up. <laughs> it's just like... He turns from the Grim Reaper within seconds to just a normal guy with a suit doing a day job. And never since Beetlejuice have I understood the land of the dead more <laughs> than playing this game. It speaks on that s- that very... Like... It's uh, like like what Coco did and Beetlejuice did before, it and a lot of Tim Burton's actually, and uh, Paranorman from Leica Studios. They they portray the afterlife as the most colourful, adventurous, happy, musical existence, and I like that. It's a bit of a disconnect, and it establishes like the the land of the living. That's the grey, dreary <laughs> existence. You'll now have a fun land. And it plays so beautifully well as a batshit insane 1940s set film noir crime drama game. It's basically a click a click like um like Telltale games. And you just sort of click an adventure and it's just the story just captivates you. Because A, it's within five minutes you know exactly what's going on, and this is just crazy. I'm actually what, in this world of basically a Grim Reaper doing a day job and he's fed up with it. But then comes across corruption within the uh, Department of Death. Now if you play the game or look at clips on YouTube there's plenty of them and I think it's even, didn't they put a remastered on Switch which I found out earlier today? Yeah, I almost bought it at one point, but it never happened. So, but, yeah, yeah, I, they, they have I forgot it existed on Switch because obviously I've only had a Switch for what, not even a year at the moment. And the, the film noir narration over the top of some of the cinematic scenes and even some of the gameplay gives off so many amazing Frank Drebin vibes <laughs> that that's what you think about. You just think you just take it easy because it's not a it's not a game you take seriously it's just so fun and insane at the same time
0: now i have a um, problem with grim fandango um and it's not anything that you've said about it because it's, it's a highly regarded game and you know there's there's lots and lots of people out there that love this game and i understand the reasons why but for me personally and this is the same for other games of this genre the whole point and click thing, and I I enjoy point and click games to a certain point um but they're too clever for me um yeah I I I am not um I don't know I, I don't I don't obviously have the brain for these kind of puzzles that they put into point and click games to the point that when I do figure or not figure when I do look up the answer to 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 the puzzle and I I would I've never ever thought of doing that at all, and it, even now, like I played uh, Thimblewee Park quite recently, which is um, it was in a sale on the on the Switch, so I picked it up. I heard good things, and it is a true like point and click game, and like some of the solutions are just so like absurd that I would never have clicked connected the dots to be able to carry on with the story. And I think and that obviously boils from back from from these kind of days with these kind of point-and-click games. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, it's not clever enough for them.
1: No, if I remember rightly, the original was uh, Tank Controls. It's the remaster that is the point-and-click version, if I remember rightly. I can't remember. If, I I, I, remember. So I remember being able to sort of walk around the, the world and stuff. and But it's been um, many years since I played it. I haven't played it in 20 years easily, <laughs> maybe more.
0: I kind of remember playing it once. And I think I got out of the building that you start in, and you mm. got onto the street. And that was it. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out anymore from that mm. point. I'm like, do you know what? This is a, this this is obviously a game that I'm not ready for right now. So I'm just gonna put it down and walk away, and maybe come back to it another time. But
1: yeah, it was just really weird because to this date, it is the only game of its kind I think I've played. Like, I don't know if I know I've completed it. I'm talking. Maybe ninety nine. I had the full game. Um, yeah. So over twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I played Monkey Island. Uh, one of them anyway, because like you say, at this time, as you, as yourself, Chris, I, I was getting into the PC games as well. You know, this year as well, I was playing Half Life on the PC mm. and and getting into games on 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 there as well. And I I, I dabbled in Monkey Island as well with the same kind of... I, I kind of got more into Monkey Island than I did with Grim Fandango. Mm, not sure why. Maybe I just resonated with that that storyline and that uh, place more than I did with, with, with the characters mm. in that game. I don't know, but I still got to that point where I'm like, I can't figure this out anymore. It's just, I can't figure out why I need to take this banana and put it in this hole to get this item to take. and <laughs> You know Sorry. what I mean? Get this fish to... <laughs> Uh, yeah. to feed it to this seal who who would then do this yeah. so then i can get to that point and
1: yeah i, I mean, what attracted me more to this was just the sheer irreverent subject matter not mm. subject matter uh, idea behind it where mm. you can t- you can have any film noir game yeah you can have any you know detective oriented game whether it be dressed as batman or an actual film noir game or something like that but i think what attracted me was the whole like Land of the Dead kind of thing and I remember seeing it in PC game and going that was quite cool and then I saw the trailer and then the demo disc and I was like I think it was more of the structure of the game the way it was made and presented and and the cinematics are amazing they're colourful they're, they're almost lit like proper film pieces that's what I said in the opening where this we're on the cusp of now games becoming small cinematic pieces I don't know what attracted me to it. I think it was just that that brand of humor was mine, my favorite brand of humor at that time. Yeah, yeah. and you you kind you of know, uh,
0: the, the the writer uh, uh, Timothy Schaefer. He you know he's he's a legend in the gaming mm, world, and he yeah. he's kind of had his fingers in lots of other similar kind of games, working mm. for LucasArts and now he works for like Double Fine, where he's uh, he created Psychonauts. And Psychonauts two, which are uh, two really good, exceptional games. So I've not played two that much, but I played one last year, I think, and for the first time, and it really like blew me away with the ideas that they that they put into that game. But,
2: yeah, he mm. did the uh, same with a uh, Brutal Legend as well until it became an RTS yeah. and it put me off. So, but yeah, yeah, the first half the know game fantastic. Had, I didn't
1: know he was part of Brutal Legend either.
2: Yeah, he was like the actual. Yeah, it was like the man behind it.
1: So, and again, yeah. a game that I only played the demo version of. Yeah, you played the, you played the good part, and then it became RTF. Because <laughs> I remember, I actually but remember, I as my brain's like a hard drive, as you people <laughs> unfortunately found out. I remember actually you you and me, Rich, talking about that game, where everyone yeah. was massive Jack Black fans at that point, early two thousands. And like, what is this? Jack Black's voicing a game, and it's got music featured from all these different oh, amazing artists. Save. And it was just like, what the hell is this? And then I played the demo. I think actually, around yours, Rich, I believe. Yeah. And I, I never, never bothered to play it, <laughs> like ever.
0: Um, yeah, you know, and he he he's uh, helped co-design Day of the Ten- Tentacle as well, and assistant designer on the secret of monkey island and uh, monkey island 2 um and uh uh broken age as well he was he helped to uh, design broken age games as well so why
2: does that sound familiar well, i think
0: that, that's kind of a similar kind of style okay point and clicky kind of game
2: i think i'm thinking of falcon age which is a very different game so <laughs> ignore <laughs> <Yeah>. me <laughs> it's got way it's got the word age in it so that'll, that'll yeah. do. Yeah, yeah a different game ignore me yeah <laughs>
0: But what about yourself, Rich? Um, I mean, do you have any experience with this game at all?
2: Not really. Not, well, not at all. Um, even this genre. The only time I've ever played a point-and-click game was the demo for Broken Sword on the PS1. Oh, okay. Um, which I think was on the demo one disc when I got it for Christmas that year. Yeah. Um, that that pulled me in, even though I wasn't necessarily massive on the gameplay. Like, the cinematic scene, all the hand-drawn animation on a game was like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah. But beyond that, the genre just never appealed to me. Monkey Islands, Grim Fandango's. I remember when Grim Fandango was coming out, I had a friend who was quite excited for it. He was very much PC back then. I, I wasn't at all. I was in 64 at that point. Mm. And I remember seeing my like, previews of it on like Cybernet back on ITV and yeah, two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the game was on my radar, but it just, yeah. Beyond that, I've never played it.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I might like it, Chris making those kind of parallels in a way with like Beetlejuice kind of makes us think, hmm, okay, maybe, maybe. But I don't know. It just doesn't appeal to me, I guess.
1: Yeah, there are some supercuts on YouTube of the gameplay and someone's edited it into like a full perfect kind of like movie. It's <laughs> like like two hours, you can have it in the background. And even just doing that, it's one of those games that when I was revisiting it just on just on YouTube alone.
0: Yeah.
1: I was just like this sounds amazing like yeah the sound design the sound effects the speech the music the music just makes you feel like you're in a smoky jazz club in like the 1940s you know and you've got that like, is lovely like new age jazz and it's got like mexican guitars and it's lovely music nice. going all the way through and there's so many different styles are thrown in as well that you don't nice. realize until you listen to the isolated uh soundtrack or watch the um the videos on on youtube it's it's one of those things that when you re- when you watch you have more appreciation for just for the visuals mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and i
1: think it works better like that a lot of people have done different versions and different edits but the music alone is just worth it it's just I mean I don't know who the composer is, but it's just it's great. I feel like it just I knew, sounds but... <laughs> great. It's just like it's like I get like so I said, I I compared it to Beetlejuice earlier and it's very similar where basically you put the humour of Colombo into the underworld of Beetlejuice and make them grim reapers doing their day job. Okay. So kind of, pitch. That's that's the kind of if I was pitching that game in ninety eight that would be like look like, it's it's crime solving, but yeah. with Grim Reapers, but they're doing their day job. And then when they, you know, they're on stilts and walk with their cloaks and their scythes. And they then they sell travel packages as a day job. It's so, it's it's almost, <laughs> you could almost see Seth MacFarlane doing it as a gag on early family guy. <laughs> yeah. It's that kind of caliber of joke. But again, just, just the, the production value, it looks and sounds stunning. Especially the remaster, people can pick up like, you know, proper like ten eighty p four K transfers. It just looks amazing now. I haven't played the remaster yet, but, but again, yeah. I might not I might not. I just remember playing it late at night sometimes in my own little world, you know. When I was when I was just ninety eight, so I was about fourteen, so yeah, it's like
0: Um, Schaefer opted um to give the Conversation Heavy Game the flavour of film noir set in the thirties and forties because he thought there's something that he feels was really honest about the way people talked that's different than modern movies of that time period would you agree with that chris
1: mm. yeah it just i just have it's one of those, one of those games i always have it's not not as so much happy memories it's pleasant memories and it makes me not want to play the remastered version
0: i, I think you i think you're safe with the remastered version just on the fact that they kept the game uh, visuals and everything kind mm. of the same. And I think that that is the jarring part sometimes when, when, old you know, one of your old favorite games has received the the remake or whatever, and it looks completely different or they've made too many changes to it. But from, yeah. from what I've seen and from what I've heard from the remake, they've kept, you know, they've, they've kept it, you know, as, as honest to the original as possible. They've just given it, some quality of life updates and obviously cleaned it up and, and given it a, a, mm. a better frame rate and stretched it out to widescreen and all that kind of stuff. I believe I've not played have, it myself. I to, yeah, you
1: know. I might have to give it a go, but I remember the past, well, today really, like watching YouTube videos. So I just, I actually found myself properly like laughing at some of the gags mm-hmm. that. You probably never got as a child, as a kid or a teenager, and then you get in now as you're an adult, and you think, "Fuck!" Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. But you definitely. appreciate it more when something lands so beautifully, insanely, cleverly, and you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll play it again. It might not. It might be a thing that I might not be into now. It's just it was just my kind of humor at the time, and I think I just gravitated towards it because it was death and <laughs> macabre stuff. <laughs> fair enough
0: uh, well let's move on to Rich's pick what was your video game of 1998 Rich
2: my pick was uh, 1080 degrees snowboarding on the N64 there we go
1: when I decided to train for this I heard it all Jehu you fool this is the desert Jehu it's 110 degrees crazy things I practice around 5-6 hours a day with the rumble pack Ooh. on the slopes in the half pipe Jehu is there It's very spiritual, just you and the mountain and the snowboard and the game 1080 snowboarding only on Nintendo 64 real close to the real thing I warn you snowboarders watch out
2: for Jehu is that, is that problematic? I, <laughs> <laughs> is
0: that I have no idea
2: <laughs> I've never heard of that I thought he was going to play like a song or something yeah, work your body work sure. your body I was going to and then I,
0: I, I found that <laughs> advert on YouTube and I was like oh wow. that'll do and then okay. um, I, I did it all and I listened back to it again and I heard that ending and I was like I don't know if that's right.
2: Clearly it wasn't one of the American ads they didn't show over here because Nintendo were marvellous with their marketing at the time. They would just recycle US commercials for the uh, European market, but I never saw that one. So, cool. (laughs) Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, As you can tell, it had that kind of Arabic Arabic vibe yeah. to it you know had a camel in it and uh, Why? and everything <laughs> else. i don't know they were just twisting the world you know uh, yes, snowboarding yeah, snow and then he's in the hot place with no snow and it's just got fair sand point. fair point yeah it was the 90s man you know
2: yeah it was a different time <laughs> yeah so um yeah Reason i chose this game it obviously came at a time where this whole like genre was getting quite big with the tony hawk series you know a lot of these things were popular on the playstation but what really jumped out to me with this was that it was so completely not nintendo i mean it was a first party game it was developed it was published by nintendo shigeru miyamoto was the, you know at the helm of this game ran on the mario <laughs> 64 engine was uh, <laughs> he i, I never yeah, knew that yeah this is this is a, this is a shigeru miyamoto joint it's I crazy never knew that it's crazy and uh, The composer of Mario Kart did the soundtrack for it, um, and it was programmed by two British guys. That was it, two guys. Um,
0: I never and knew it just,
2: that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, even that, when it came kind of, out, I remember
0: that kind of <laughs> blew me away because I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm never really into the. I'm, I never really, really got into the, the these kind of games, and
2: yeah, I, I get never that. really
0: paid that much attention to it because of that. And I never really realised that it was that involved with Nintendo and like, yeah. Miyamoto and all that kind of thing. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, this was um
2: Shig Z did it. So uh <laughs> and you, you can see it. It's got that real just mark of quality to it. It it yeah, it's it is a it's a first first party N sixty four game. It it always they have that extra level of quality. Um What really stood out to me with this one is that kind of what I said earlier, It. It wasn't your typical Nintendo game. It wasn't, you know, I know it sounds cliche now, but, yeah, it didn't have that cute, quirky kind of charm to it. It was very grounded, quite gritty in terms of characters were fully realistic human characters instead of just, like, you know, humanoids or cartoon characters. It had real-life, like, branding in it. You had, like, Lamar Snowboards, Tommy Hilfiger. It felt like a PlayStation game that was actually on Mm. N64 that was published by Nintendo, Yeah. Because at the time as well, I think there was a part of me, and it sounds quite lame, but I gave up my PlayStation to get an N64, and one of the things I missed was that vibe you got from PlayStation, whether it's Wipeout, whether it's... um, That's probably the best example is Wipeout. I mean, even other series similar to this, things like your Cool Borders, they never nailed it like this game does. It, there's just something genuinely cool about it. Visually it looks realistic. And it feels realistic. The soundtrack's just really goddamn cool. Um it just didn't have that cutesy soft colourful charm to it, which is what you expected. Yeah. Um the controls it uses the you know the controller in a in a ingenious way. It's simple, but you hold down the Z trigger to crouch, you release it to jump. It it's just it just works so well. So holding down a face button, it just feels intuitive, kind of like when you're using it as the trigger for Golden Goldeneye. It just feels like it's made for it. Mm. And that's where you kind of appreciate it for all its flaws. That's why that controller just felt right. Having, you know, the the trigger be centered as opposed to what we're used to now where it's left and right. It just it just felt yeah, it felt like you actually were i don't know the best way to put it really but it felt like you had one-to-one one-to-one control of that person's body like it felt like you were doing the moves um it didn't feel disjointed in any way um visually this game is stunning it still holds up now um you've got like the dusk and the sunsets, the the sun like the reflection on the snow and the ice Even in the controller, like the resistance on the stick, not the physical resistance. I know it's, you know, this is a bit more of a primitive time, but how smooth your character controls, if they're going through like thick powder or going through like compacted snow or, Mm. God forbid, ice, it feels different. And the way the rumble pack feeds back, it feels slightly different. And I'm not. Just, I know this isn't like uh, haptic feedback or you know HD rumble. Sure. This was more yeah. primitive, yeah. but compared to other games you played at the time on the N64, it felt more dynamic. It, it was you, genius. Absolutely genius bit of game design. Um,
0: did you, you kind of get? I suppose you didn't kind of get different rumbles, did you? Either from different kinds of snow.
2: Not really. It, I think. Maybe if I just picked it up now and played it with an actual native controller and a rumble pack, maybe I would notice it as much. But it really felt like it then. It felt like the rumble felt more loose and understated. If you're going across ice, it felt more like you were skating along something. And then when you went through the thick powder or hit a log, you had that more that more jolt to it. Hmm. It felt more aggressive. Um I think we probably don't give a lot of these older like rumble packs and your uh, vibration packs on the uh, Dreamcast for instance. So I don't think we actually probably give them as much credit as we probably should do Then then it's just like, oh the controller's vibrating. But yeah. it's surprising how good they are. Like I was playing Rez recently on the Dreamcast and mm. the feedback on that is insane. It's really good, like, isn't it? Yeah. One to one with the music, like the bass line, the beat. That's right. It's not yeah. just boom 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 boom. It's genuinely the way it's like, it's just an, like an attack on your senses. The way it's vibrating is just so in tune with the music and what's happening on screen. And I feel like 1080 kind of have shades of that. Um,
0: was, this like, I, was this like one of Nintendo's like first game? I mean, it had licensed music in it, didn't it?
2: It didn't have licensed music, no. It was all done by the composer. I forget his okay. name now. It was a composer for Mario Kart. And obviously you had the, the joys of cartridge compression as well. So mm. but yeah they did they did have their own soundtrack in it, so it was kind of it was kind of poppy in a way. There was some more like, you know, those kind of nice aggressive um N sixty four guitars that you used to get. Kinda of like you used to have the really like scratchy music on the Mega Drive. There was a trademark sound for like electric guitars and N sixty four. You know it when you hear it. Yeah. If it feels very processed, very like lo-fi. Mm. It, it works, and they've got some like vocals in it, like kind of sampled loop, looped vocals in some of the songs.
0: Yeah, I was listening to a few back on YouTube earlier yeah. when I was looking for the clip I played, and the, even like the title sequence has got Oof. vocals in it.
2: The most incomprehensible song.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, you should not understand much about <laughs> it,
2: but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It's like what the. <laughs> fuck are you singing right? yeah I was, <laughs> even now i smile at that it's just like i don't know what this is is this is it a language thing is this compression is this japanese is this english i don't know is it even a language on this planet but i do love it but some of the other songs are good it's like there's one song that's kind of your typical kind of 90s like it's like a song like an answering machine kind of thing like this little like interludes you used to get on like britney spears albums it feels kind of just really quirky and poppy and there's another one that's you've, you've got the classic one when you slit your character and, you know the work your body work your body it's that's the classic one mm-hmm. and it, it sounds clear it's got nice fidelity to it it's really impressive on by cartridge standards and again like i said visually it just looks the part it doesn't it doesn't give up anything in terms of how it captures realism it really just it's the nearest we got to PlayStation call, cool, I think on N on sixty four outside of Yeah White Power sixty four that came like the same year, probably a little bit after.
0: Yeah, it just it it really does have that visual style <laughs> of a PlayStation game.
2: Yeah. But smoother and <laughs> kind of blurrier, but not and, as pixelated. And no loading times. <laughs> and no loading times, so
0: <laughs> But was this like was this like one of the first snowboarding games that'd be made? Because <sighs> I feel like it was a sport that hadn't really been like, I guess it probably has been in the past. I'm sure when you go back to Commodores and Amigas, I'm sure there has probably been snowboarding games, but
2: I I don't know much snowboarding at those times. Cause you think about it I mean that era, I don't know if snowboarding was even popularized that much. You had like skiing stuff. You had your winter games. I mean, I'd like, I played winter games on the Commodore um plus four. Um, i never remember snowboarding i i I feel like the first time i ever remember a snowboarding game was cool borders on the playstation Mm. um and they weren't anything to really write home about this one just it was a snowboarding game that had that tony hawk appeal it just felt Mm. so polished so right Mm. it just handled perfectly it was cool um, I don't think it had the same like cachet as Tony Hawk, but that's probably a lot bit to do with it being on the N sixty four as well, which didn't mm-hmm. have that same kind of reach as the PlayStation. Um, do you think that's yeah. why?
0: they they haven't made another one, have they?
2: Yeah, they, they did Ten eighty Avalanche on the GameCube, which is fucking fantastic. Mm. Um, and it actually has, has licensed music in it, a lot of new metal as well, which I appreciate. So <laughs> again, another Nintendo game, and it's like they got like songs by boy hits car and see that on it i'm like hell yeah dude i know <laughs> these bands these yeah. are from my years growing up yeah um that, that game's fantastic it's got it's got a bit more of a it's not cutesy it's still kind of realistic but has a bit more a bit more of a smoother edge to it should i say than the n64 one but it's still a very un-nintendo nintendo game but it's fantastic worth playing um but they haven't released one since- get it. <laughs> yeah
0: uh, I, um but they haven't released one since then have they
2: No, no, definitely not. Um, I think really since this, I think your real standouts, successes were like the Amped series on the Xbox, um, which was great. Amped on the the Xbox, the original one was fantastic. It's something, I don't know what it is about snowboarding games. They kind of get me like football games do. I have no interest in the actual pastime or the activity, anything to do with it in the real world, but put a video game in front of me. I have something about it. I just eat it up. I know what I you mean. I don't know what
0: it is. I know what you mean. I've, I mean, I don't have much interest in like golf or tennis, but then yeah. uh, give me a golf game or a tennis game, and I'm, yeah. and I'm quite interested, and, and I quite enjoy yeah. playing I it.
1: I know exactly what you guys
2: mean with that. It's weird. Yeah. I don't weird. Is, is I it because how... I know I'm never going to do it, so I feel like I'm
1: getting it out of my system? Like, but, I'm uh... cool on the slopes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but isn't that what yeah. all gaming is about? We know we're not going to live through a zombie apocalypse, it... but... Uh... Mm, <laughs> weird, I don't know. Well... <laughs> At this rate, it's going now. It's what and we look,
0: deserve. And anything's, <laughs> anything's game these days, isn't it? Anything's yeah. game. So yeah. who knows? But I mean, like, I guess the only sport if someone tried to get me to play a cricket game. I think even mm. that, well, I'll draw the line on that one, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's boring. I sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on there. No. So. Um, uh, Chris, I assume you, you haven't had much experience with, with
1: 1080? Uh, yeah, I think I brought it up on one of the other recordings, I think. You used to play quite a lot, me and my brother. I had it on the N64. Still got it, actually, I think, in the loft somewhere. Uh, many, many happy times on that. But again, I think with snowboarding, like Rich said, the mechanics of it cutting through the snow. And it doesn't look as boring as a skier. Hmm. Nowhere a skier could be standing up and, you know, skiing and ski jumping. A uh, snowboard, it just has that, that movement like a skateboarder yeah. on snow going downhill. That was like, wow. Like, <laughs> and I remember playing 1080 around a friend's house before I even owned the game. And I think I got the game from a friend anyway. At some point he was getting rid of his N64. And I just remember going like, this is quite cool. And like Rich said, it just worked. It just Everything about the game just worked. You know, you're doing the jumps and just, yeah, it's been a long time since I played it, but I do remember playing it.
0: And I, but, I mean, I'm I'm quite intrigued because I never played the game, so <gasps> um, I, thought like, I, would I ne- play 1080 snowboarding. No no, well, somehow, like I said, even then, I was like, like I said, even even then, I was like, I'm not really into the snowboarding thing. I, yeah, I'm just gonna go and play banjo kazooie thing or whatever. <laughs> um you know um so yeah i never really experienced it you know so like was it hard to pull off the moves or i mean i assume like you had to do like some assaults or flicks or-
2: yeah it's it's all your timing it's all your nail you know, nose grabs tail grabs i mean when you like i said earlier you hold down the z trigger you you crouch you release it to jump you have to angle the board otherwise you just yeah you, know, you you just absolutely eat eat shit basically mm. um it's no different to playing a, ten, a Tony Hawk in a way. It's the same principle, you know. It's all about your angle, your landing. But yeah, you do all the you grabs, um, your typical. You know, um, I'm going to really piss off a load of snowboarders now. You know, you, <laughs> I, I, you know, what? I can't name any moves. So I'm not going to pretend I'm not hip. I'm not, you know, fresh. whatever they call it? Um, we, well, I don't, it's why not stalefish one? I don't know. I know it's a snowboarding move. but it's it's your tip it's a typical extreme sports game you've got your ramps you've got your jumps you come off you go off cliff edges which is obviously a hazard in itself you have to hit the landing right Mm. um it's, it's just so good you get shortcuts you know it's just it's just so good and it's one of those things as well it's very competitive like if you race against like the ai for instance there's no like rubber banding in it the winner of it will be whoever's better if you eat shit early on, they go off into the distance. You will not win the race. It's just you versus one other person, and yeah, you have to get it just right. So it's difficult in that regard. But yeah, it's no different to playing like a Tony Hawk, really, but on snow.
0: Beautiful. I thought Chris was going to name rail off all the moves then. Mate, or... Oh, Chris. Yeah. Who me? No. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I remember you playing an obscene amount of Tony Hawk at friends' houses though at this time of year. <sighs> Tony Hawk. At <sighs> Oh. Like many house parties, you're there till like 4am. Hmm. Oh, What we were doing, you end up like, I you was know, just playing Tiny Hawk for like three hours. Oh my God.
2: Okay, some of the moves are the same. You've got your nollies, your yeah. ollies, your melons, indies, no grab, tail press, nose press. It's all basic stuff, really. I don't think it has anything to do with whether it has wills or not. It's all about grabbing no. the board. Um, also, there's an unlockable in this game as well. You can actually unlock a penguin. And it's not <laughs> an actual like... <laughs> You're not riding on a board that has an image of a penguin on it. You're actually riding on the back of an actual penguin.
0: Is it a Mario um, penguin from Mario
2: 64? No, no. <laughs> that one. No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> if I remember rightly, it's a quite realistic penguin. I have to do image search. I don't think I actually have unlocked this penguin. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I did. So, sorry. I'm going to do this live on air. No, that's if fine. I'm, it. I'm, okay, I'm, it's quite cute and animal abuse. So, that's good.
0: I'm uh, I'm on eBay <laughs> doing live shopping, looking at the, the 1080 uh, Avalanche on the GameCube and seeing how much that's going for these days.
2: Avalanche is kick-ass, seriously.
0: And uh, Because I do have a GameCube, um, I don't have an N64 anymore, So, um, but I do have the GameCube. Um, there's one going on a starting bid for £5. So, Ooh. Yeah, I
2: 1080 does go for quite a bit, but um, sometimes you get lucky. It's not as expensive as Snowboard Kids, which for some reason, inexplicably, that game goes for a shitload of money. I don't know why. <laughs> some people say it's the best snowboarding game on in Insc. 4. I tried it out. It was alright. wasn't mm. 1080. No. Um, also, this game, for the last thing I'll say about this game, is home to like the. Maybe until Kazuma Kiryu in. Yakuza, it's home to, like, the coolest video game character ever, with a Kensuke Komachi, who's just this really badass looking Japanese dude with bleach blonde hair, nice red and white Tommy Hilfiger jacket, black beanie, coolest dude ever. When I saw him for the first time in 64 Max, I was like, you're cool, I want to be like you one day. (laughs) Love that dude, he's so badass. You see him in, like, the character's select screen, you highlight him, he's like, yo, he just sits there like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> still a badass I love him every time I see the screenshot if ever I play that game I'll always play as him I won't play as mm-hmm. um, Brad Winterborn or whatever his name is <laughs> or any of the other characters they're kind of lame I know you mean so like he's, when he's, used... he's my main it's like Axel in Crazy Taxi I don't play as BD Joe piss off yeah. like yeah, Axel like,
0: like when I used to play Micro Machines so I was always Spider exactly he's yeah. the cool man he was the funs cool, yeah. you know exactly <laughs> exactly but uh, yeah. you sold, you sold me, Rich. I feel bad for ignoring this game now. It's and, brilliant. And uh, I, I do. I feel bad that I've... I, I feel shamed. You've shamed me on the podcast it, that I have not played the game and I need to rectify it. It's still a as well. I was very shocked well. when you said you hadn't. Sorry, Chris?
1: I was very shocked when you just said you hadn't played 1080. No, I was under the impression that a lot of people had <laughs> at least no, played it for an hour or
0: two. It, it just wasn't my thing then. And I was more into pl- platforming and... Uh, <laughs> 3D exploration games, you know, like Mario 64 Banjo. And I said started yeah, doing probably. a lot of PC games. I was playing Half-Life and uh, get, getting into Quake 2 and those kind of games on, on the PC. And it, 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 I just looked at 1080 and I was it's not my game. So I just mm. ignored it. And I've never really <gasps> paid much attention to it since, to be sure. honest. And it's I, I just, one of the
2: best games.
0: I Ooh. just never knew it was so involved in the Nintendo heritage, I guess. Oh and yeah i just i'm j- I'm shamed. I'm sitting in the corner with my little like, naughty, it's, naughty it's,
1: it's it. similar to me as well <laughs> a lot of the games that I have played that I have become a fan of I never chose to look for, yeah, they're always through friends or family. so have you played this? have you played that? Yeah. Oh, I've got my game boy down how' do you play this you chuck know, this cartridge and see what you think and next thing you know you're like oh, i really I really like this and like <laughs> even at like that.
0: At that time you know I, I was just starting to earn a wage in ninety eight you know i I'd, I'd left college by this time so i had a i had a job uh, in the local res- uh, pub restaurant so I was earning money I was earning wage but you know there was there's only so as far as it would stretch and unfortunately it didn't stretch enough for 1080s yeah. <laughs> we'll leave at <laughs> we'll that but yeah I, I i if I might put a cheeky bid on that on on eBay and um get some snowboarding action into my life and maybe uh, I'll be able to realise what I've been missing out on all these years.
2: Remember as well, it's coming to the Switch uh,
0: Online. Um, is it coming to the Switch, Switch Online? Online? Yeah, it's like next month. Oh, it month is? Thing.
2: Yeah. Oh, and I, I get okay. it, it's not native, but it more or less is, it's not like yeah. it's a remaster.
0: I've got my N64 um, controller downstairs for the Switch, so.
2: I think it comes in the first round of games on Switch Online, so I will definitely be playing it again, you yeah, know, a bit more polished than uh, playing on that janky old
0: Controller.
1: so uh. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, oh. I might have to raid my N64 games. I'm pretty sure I've got games up there. Probably 1080 that I forgot I even own. Mm-hmm. Are they what still surprise, sitting mate. in your loft,
0: Chris? Yeah. Oh, you need to get them out of that plumbing loft, mate. They're going to get damp.
1: I I have my N64. No, no they're all properly wrapped up in various hmm. layers of damp proof stuff. Mm-hmm. And okay. again, I've got my 64, my Golden Eye tie in 64. And then in a couple of old like, ice cream tubs, mm-hmm. I've got must have at least fifteen games up there. Okay, I'm pretty sure 1080's got to be one of them. I don't know how I came across it,
0: but I'll have, have a look. Yeah, because I I got a friend and he he used to be really into the video games and he's still got a lot of the old stuff like Mega Drive, Mega CD. He's got a Jaguar yeah. um, and all that, and he had he he had it all in the loft. But he got them down once and we looked through them and like they'd started to. Like the the instruction books and some of the cardboard and all that were were curling and like you could see like where it started getting a little down to it and stuff and I was like, dude, you know
1: I have to go up and lock now, Jason. You put a a fear into me now. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's not good at all. But yeah, ten eighty snowboarding. Lovely. Well what a what a lovely bunch of games that we chose for 1998. And like I said, uh, at the beginning, you know, and it was quite a tough choice considering the amount of great games. That um that got released in nineteen ninety eight. So mm. uh,
2: yeah, it's ridiculous. It was, it was it was far from a lean year. <laughs> we were we were eating it. well yeah. at that time. It's ridiculous. Like.
0: Just like now, really. You know, maybe too too much yeah. now. But maybe yeah. Well, that's it. I guess um, that's your lot for for this week and uh, the video games of 1998. Thank you all so much for joining us and listening in. And uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard and would like to support us, then we do have a coffee page where you can give us a one-off tip. Or if you're feeling kinder, a monthly tip starting from just a pound. A massive thank you to all who have done so. You're legends. And if that's not right for you right now, you can also support us by giving us a review or rating on Apple, Spotify or Podchaser. And it not only I don't think it really helps the show get like, discovered into like Apple's featured pages or anything, but it does help other people decide on whether they're going to listen to us or listen to somebody else. So um, well, I mean, we do have one lovely written review on on the Apple podcast right now, but it would be lovely just to um, just to see a couple more uh, pop up on there just, just for that reason. Well, it's always it's always nice to hear that we're doing well. If if, if you could spare a couple of minutes to do that we would really really appreciate it you can find the links I put all the links to the to our Apple page and our Spotify page and everything like that in the show description so uh, go and have a look and click on those links uh, and that's the easiest way you can do that or you can go and check out our website where you can find the links for that and a lot more uh, including our coffee page our entire cat back catalog of episodes are on there and some written articles written by my fair self are still on there to be read uh including the latest one that i put on there a week or so ago on my favorite indies that i played at EGX. I, I, should, I should probably write something i will do that i promise
1: yes. yeah yeah me, me too i keep meaning to and yeah. the, the weeks keep flying by
0: yeah yeah i know it's uh it's easily done isn't it but uh yeah you can find all that at wolfypod.com next time Next time. I've uh, been looking forward to this one. We have something very special to celebrate, uh, the spooky season, and our Halloween special. So uh, I'll, I won't say any more than that, And uh, but please look out for that in a couple of weeks' time. Chaps, it's time to say goodbye.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: My name has been Jason. Dom, it's over to you.
2: Well, that's it for another episode of What's Wrong With Wolfie boys are off now to hit the roulette table with Patricia Routledge. See you later.
1: What's wrong with Wolfie?
0: I can hear him barking.